0: Hello and welcome and thank you for joining me. Uh, the last recording that I did on the dispensational truth, the second coming of Christ, was quite horrible so I pray that this uh, re-recording, uh, the last one, was done live and I would guess I excuses we're not going to make any excuses, we're just going to re-read it and hopefully you'll get a better understanding and uh, be able to keep up with what is being read. Heavenly Father, I do give you thanks for this day, and I thank you, dear Lord, for this opportunity to to share these words. And Heavenly Father, I just pray that uh, all of the uh, malfunctions and uh, little things that went on uh, does not appear this time, and that people will be able to hear your word, Heavenly Father, and respond in their heart with kindness and with love and with an urgency, Heavenly Father, to reach out and get to know you closer and better. And, uh, Father, I just pray for those that do not know you, that seeds will be planted and uh, that there will be people around them that will be able to help them and direct them and guide them toward you and your love for us all and for their salvation within your Son, Jesus Christ. I just thank you. I thank you for what you've done this day and I just... Praise your name, dear Heavenly Father, for all that you do. For the breath I breathe, the eyes I see, the voice I speak, I thank you. In your Son, Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so we're going to get right to this. This is uh, the second coming of Christ. And where I started out was the Apostle Paul in his epistles clearly distinguishes between the coming and their doctrinal significance. In his letter to the Hebrews, he classified Christ appearing as hath he appeared. And that's Hebrews chapter 9, verse 26. Now to appear, Hebrews 9, chapter 24. Shall he appear, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 28. In his letter to Titus, Titus chapter 2, verse 11 through 12. He brings out the doctrinal significance of these appearings. As a prophet, he died for our justification. As a priest, he lives at the right hand of God, not only as our advocate, but our sanctifier. And when he comes again as a king, it will be for our glorification. While the first and second comings of Christ are separated by this dispensation, there are nevertheless not complete in themselves. The second necessitated the first, and the first demands the second. They are both necessary to complete the plan of salvation. The first coming was for the salvation of my soul. The second is for the salvation of my body, for there can be no resurrection of the body until Christ comes back. The second coming as to the fact the testimony of Jesus himself Matthew chapter 16 verse 27 for the son of man shall come in the glory of his father with his angels and then he shall reward every man according to his works Matthew chapter 25 verse 31 through 32 when the son of man shall come in his glory and all hall the holy angels with him shall he sit upon the throne of his glory and before him shall be gathered all the nations and he will separate them from another as a shepherd divided his sheep from the goats john chapter 14 verse 2 and 3 in my father's house there are many mansions if it were not so i would not have told you i go to prepare a place for you and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there ye may be also and john chapter twenty one verse twenty two If I will tarry, if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me, the testimony of the heavenly beings. Acts chapter one verse ten through eleven, and while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, "Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into the heaven? This same Jesus, which was taken up from you, into heaven, shall come in like manner, as ye have seen him go into heaven." This passage declares that the same Jesus shall return in like manner. As he went, that it is that his return will be visible and personal. The two men that stood by were probably Moses and Elijah. They appeared with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. They were doubtless, the two men who testified to the women at the tomb that Jesus had risen. That's Luke chapter 24, verse 4 and 5. And they will be the two witnesses that shall testify during the tribulation. That's Revelation, chapter eleven, verse three and twelve. The testimony of the apostles, Paul. For our conversation is in heaven. For our convers, our no, for our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned into his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. And Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 through 21. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Titus chapter 2, verse 13. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many and unto them that look for him to appear the second time without sin unto salvation hebrew chapter 9 verse 28 james be patient therefore brethren unto the coming of the lord james chapter 5 verse 7 peter for we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we were made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 16. Peter here refers to the transfigura- transfiguration of Christ on the mount, Matthew chapter 17, verse 1 and 5, which was a type of his second coming. Moses was a type of the resurrection saints and Elijah of those who shall be translated without dying. Peter, James, John were a type of the Jewish remnant that shall see him when he comes and the remaining disciples at the foot of the mount unable to cast the demons out of the boy of those professed followers of Jesus who shall be left behind at the rapture and who shall be powerless to cast the demons out of the demon-possessed people of that period Jude and Enoch also the seventh from Adam prophesied of these saying behold the Lord cometh with 10,000 of his Saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. And that's Jude chapter 14 verse 15 John And now little children abide in him that when he shall appear we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. That's First John chapter 2 verse 28 Behold he cometh with clouds and every eye shall see him and they also which pierced him and all the kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. And that's Revelation chapter 1 verse 7. The testimony of the Lord's Supper. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 26. The Lord's Supper is not a per- permanent ordinance, it will be discontinued when the Lord returns. It is a memorial feast. It looks back to the cross and forward to the coming. An engagement ring is intended to be permanent. It is simply a pledge of mutual love and loyalty and gives place to the wedding ring. So the Lord's table may be looked upon as a brothel pledge left to the church during the absence of the betrothed. Paul, in all all his epistles, refers but 13 times to baptism, while he speaks of the Lord's return 50 times. One verse in every 30 in the New Testament refers to Christ's second coming. There are 20 times as many references in the Old Testament to Christ's second coming as to his first coming. The five theories. While the majority of the profession Professing Christians admit the fact of the second coming of Christ, they are not agreed as to the manner of time. There are five theories as to the second coming. That his coming again is spiritual and was fulfilled at Pentecost. It was not Christ, but the Holy Spirit that came at Pentecost, and his coming was conditioned on Christ's absence. For Jesus said, It is expedient. For you that I go away for if I go not away the Comforter the Holy Spirit will not come unto you but if I depart I will send him unto you that's John chapter 16 verse 7 if the Holy Spirit is only another manifestation of Christ then they are identical and that nullifies the Trinity the fact is the whole Testament the whole New Testament was written after Pentecost and declares over 150 times that the second coming of Christ was still future. And more none of the events predicted as accompanying the second coming occurred at Pentecost, such as the resurrection of the dead in Christ, the translation of the living saints, the binding of Satan, etc. Two, that the conversion of the sinner is the coming of the Lord. This cannot be a conversion for sinner comes to Christ, not Christ to sinner. And the sinner's conversion is the work of the Holy Spirit and not the work of Christ. It is true that there is such a thing as a spiritual indwelling of In the believer, but his second coming, like his first coming, is to be an outward, visible, personal coming. Three, the death is the coming of the Lord. The text that is used more than any other for funeral ceremonies is Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour when the Son of Man cometh. And that's Matthew chapter 25, verse 13. The context shows that this refers to a future coming of Christ. Christ could not come to the earth every time a person dies for two reasons. One, a soul passes into eternity every second, and this would necessitate Christ remaining continuously on the earth. Two, Christ is engaged in his high priestly functions in the heavenlies, and could not leave them to come to earth for the souls of the dying. The fact is that at death the believer goes to Christ. Christ does not come for him. Death is always spoken of as a departure, absent from the body, present, at home with the Lord. At Second Corinthians chapter five, verse six through eight. If Jesus had meant by his second coming, death he would have said to his disciples, If I go and prepare a place for you, I will send death to bring you to myself. But he did not. He said, I will come again and receive you unto myself. The last chapter of John's Gospel settles the matter. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man, referring to John, do? And Jesus saith unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Then went this saying abroad among the brethren, that the disciple John should not die. John chapter 21, verse 21 through 23, we see from this that the disciples did not think that the coming of the Lord meant death. There was a great difference between these two things in their mind. Death, is an enemy 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 26 through 55 it holds us in the grave it robs the body of its attractiveness it is the wages of sin Romans chapter 6 verse 23 and the result of God's wrath while the, the second coming of Christ is a manifestation of his love Christ is the prince of life there can be no death Where he is, death flees at his coming. When we was, when he was on earth, nothing could remain dead in his presence. His coming is not death but resurrection. He is the resurrection and the life. And when he comes, he will change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body. And Philippians chapter three, verse twenty through twenty-one. Number four, that the destruction of Jerusalem in A.D. 70 by the Romans was the second coming of the Lord. The Lord was not present at the destruction of Jerusalem. It was destroyed by the Roman soldiers, and none of the things that are to occur at the second coming occurred at the destruction of Jerusalem, such as the resurrection of the dead, the translation of living saints, and the physical changes that are to occur at Jerusalem. And in the land of Palestine at Christ's coming. Zechariah chapter 14, verse 4 through 11, and Ezekiel chapter 47, verse 1 through 12. Christ's purpose in coming back is not to destroy Jerusalem, but to restore it. It must be trodden down of the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled. Then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud power and great glory Luke chapter 21 verse 24 through 28 the book of Revelation written 26 years after the destruction of Jerusalem speaks of the second coming of Christ a still future that the dysfunction of Christianity is the second coming of the Lord this cannot be true for the dysfunction of Christianity is gradual Whereas, the scriptures declare that the return of the Lord shall be sudden and unexpected as a thief in the night, Matthew chapter 24, 27, 36, 42, and 44, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 2, Revelation chapter 3 verse 3, again the dysfunction of Christianity is a process while the scriptures invariably speak of the return of the Lord as an event, the diffusion—I guess that's what that word is—I'm sorry—the diffusion of Christianity brings salvation to the wicked, whereas the return of the Lord is said to bring not salvation but sudden destruction. First Thessalonians chapter five, two and 3 and 2nd Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 7 through 10 as of the time of the exact time we cannot be certain when Jesus was on the earth he said but of that day and that hour knoweth no man know not the angels which are in heaven neither not yet the Son but the Father Mark chapter 13 verse 32 After his resurrection and before his ascension, he refused to satisfy the curiosity of his disciples, saying to to them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. That's Acts chapter 1 verse 7. Jesus knew of Daniel's prophecy of the 70 weeks, Daniel chapter 9 verse 20 through 27, but he fixed no dates for their fulfillment. The student of prophecy is not to be a date setter, but he is to watch. Signs are for the Jew. There is nothing to prevent Jesus coming for his church at any time. While we do not know the date or the hour of Christ's coming, we know that it will be premillennial. By premillennial, we mean before the millennium, that is before the period of a, a thousand years spoken of in revelations chapter twenty verse one through six this period is spoken of in other scriptures as the kingdom is described in glowing terms by the prophets as a time when the earth shall be blessed with a universal rule of righteousness the passage in Revelation chapter twenty one through six simply Tells us that the length of the period shall be a thousand years. The very structure of the New Testament demands that Christ shall return before the millennial. Here are a few reasons. When Christ comes, he will raise the dead, but the righteous dead are to be raised before the millennial, that they may reign with Christ during the thousand years. Hence, there can be no millennial before Christ comes Revelation chapter 25 number two when Christ comes he will separate the tares from the wheat but as the millennial is a period of universal righteousness the separation of the tares and the wheat must take place before the millennial therefore there can be no millennial before Christ comes and that's Matthew chapter 13 verse 40 through 43 When Christ comes, Satan shall be bound. But as Satan is to be bound during the millennial, there can be no millennial until Christ comes. And that's Revelation chapter 20, verse 1 through 3. When Christ comes, the Antichrist is destroyed. But as Antichrist is to be destroyed before the millennial, there can be no millennial until Christ comes. And that's 2 Thessalonians, chapter 2, verse 8, and Revelations, chapter 19, verse 20. When Christ comes, Jews are to be restored to their own land. But as they are to be restored to their own land before the millennial, there can be no millennial before Christ comes. Ezekiel, chapter 36, verse 24, 28, Revelations, chapter 1, 7, and Zechariah chapter 12 verse 10 when Christ comes it will be unexpectedly and we are commanded to watch least he takes us unawares now if he's not coming until after the millennial and the millennial is not yet here why command us to watch for an event that is over a thousand years off as of the matter he will return in the same manner as he went. Acts one, chapter eleven. He went up bodily and visibly, and he shall come in like manner. He went in a cloud. He will return in a cloud. Behold, he come up with the clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they shall, which is, and they also which pierced him and all kindreds of the earth shall well because of him and that's revelation chapter 1 verse 7 the only difference will be that he went up alone he will return as a king luke chapter 19 verse 12 followed by the remain the the re- reunite of the angelic host For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. And that's Matthew chapter 16, verse 27. His return, however, will be in two stages. He will come first into the region of our atmosphere, and the dead in Christ and the living saints shall be caught up to meet him in the air then after the risen and translated saints have been judged and rewarded for their works and they as the church the bride of Christ have been married to him he will come with them to earth and land on Mount of Olives the place from whence he ascended and his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives which is before Jerusalem on the east and the Mount of Olives shall cleave the mist thereof toward the east and toward the west and there shall be a very great valley and half the mountain shall remove toward the north and half of it toward the south and that's Zechariah chapter 14 verse 4 the first stage of his return is called the rapture the second stage the revelation The time between the two stages is not less than seven years, and it is occupied in the heavens by the judgment of the believers for works, and on the earth by great tribulation. So this is where the charts come in. So you want to have your chart of um, the second coming. See chart that follows, marked uh, chart number three. The first stage, the rapture. The rapture is described in first Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 15 through 17. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel Michael, and with the trump of the God and the dead in Christ shall rise first then we which are alive and remain saints only shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord from this we see that the rapture will be twofold first the resurrection of the dead in Christ two, the translation of the living saints this twofold character of the rapture Jesus revealed to Martha when he was about to raise her brother Lazarus. He said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. First resurrection saints. And whosoever liveth is alive when I come back and believeth in me shall never die. That's John chapter eleven, verse twenty five through twenty six. This twofold character of the rapture Paul emphasizes in his immortal chapter on the resurrection. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but all be changed in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised and we shall be changed for this corruptible the dead in Christ must put on incorruption and this mortal the living saints must put on immortality so when this corruptible shall have put on incorruptible incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality then shall be brought to pass the same that is written death is swallowed up in victory O death where is thy sting O grave where is thy victory and that's 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 51 through 57 the last two lines refer only to those who are changed without dying for it is only those who will not die who can shout O death where is thy sting O grave where is thy victory in 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 verse 1 through 4 Paul expresses his longing and the longing of the Saints to be among those who should not be unclothed by death but who should be clothed upon by immortality without dying for we know that if our earthly house this tabernacle the body were dissolved that is to die we have a building of God a house not made with hands eternal in heavens for in his body we groan earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven if so being that being clothed we shall not be found naked for we that are in this tabernacle, the body, do groan, being burdened not for that, we would be unclothed by death, but clothed upon by immortality. That mortality, immortality, that mortality might be swallowed up of life. In this letter to the Philippians, while Paul hopes that if by any means he may attain unto the out among the dead resurrection yet he pressed toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus Philippians chapter 3 verse 11 through 14 that is while Paul would esteem it a great thing to rise from the dead at the first resurrection and to be caught up with those who would be changed yet he would esteem it a prize if he could be caught up without dying, that is, to live until Jesus came back. The rapture will be a surprise. Watch, therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour, as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. And that's Matthew chapter 24, 42 and 44 in verse. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garment, lest he walk naked, and they see his shame. And that's Revelation chapter 16, verse 15 but of the times and of the seasons brethren ye have no need that I write unto you for yourselves know perfectly that the Lord day of the Lord the day of his return so cometh as a thief in the night for when they shall say peace and safety the sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child and they shall not escape this refers to the second stage of Christ's coming revelation when he shall take vengeance upon his enemies and that second Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 7 through 10 but Paul adds but ye brethren are not in darkness that that day the day of his return should overtake you as a thief in the night first Thessalonians 5 chapter 1 through 4 we see from this that that when Christ comes back it will be when we are not expecting him. He will come as a thief comes. A thief does not announce his coming. He comes for a certain purpose. He does not take everything there is in the house. He takes only the precious things, the jewels, the gold, the silver and fine wearing apparel. He does not come to stay. As soon as he secures what he is after, he departs. So Jesus at the rapture will come and take away the saints only. The thief leaves much more than he takes. He leaves the house and the furniture and the household utensils. So the Lord at the rapture will leave the wicked and the great masses of the heathen behind for those who will be taken will be comparatively few. The rapture will be elective. It will not only be separate the saints from the unbelievers, but it will separate husbands from wives, brothers from sisters, friends from friends. I tell you, in that night, there shall be two men in one bed. The one shall be taken, the other shall be left. Two women shall be grinding together, the one shall be taken, the other left. Two men shall be in a field, the one shall be taken. The other left. Luke chapter 17, verse 34 through 36. The words men and women in this passage are in a talis. That means that they are not in the original, and so the passage should read there shall be two in one bed, husband and wife, or two sisters, or two brothers, or two friends. Two in bed indicates night, two grinding at a mill, morning or evening two in the field mid noon this shows that the rapture will happen all over the earth at the same time or as the apostle describes it in a moment or a twinkling of an eye as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west we shall also the coming of the son of man be and that's Matthew chapter 24 verse 27 is the way Jesus puts it. The rapture will be the most startling event of this age and disposition. As it is to occur in the twinkling of an eye and all over the earth at the same time, that part of the world that is n- not asleep will witness the event. As to the shout of the Lord, the voice of the archangel, and the trump of the God, we do not know whether their sound will be heard and distinguished by others than the dead in Christ and the living saints. We know that one day the Father spoke to Christ in a voice that he understood, but the people who stood by mistook it for thunder. And that's John chapter 12, verse 28-29. When the Lord appeared to Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus and spoke to him, the men that journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but not seeing no man, and not understanding what was said. And that's Acts chapter 9, verse three through seven. We know, however, that the dead in Christ will hear the sound, for it will be intensely pure penetrating. There will be no graves so deep, no catacombs, no rock covered, no pyramids or mausoleums so thick. What the sound shall reach their disciples, their depths, and the dead in Christ shall hear the cry. Awake, ye sleeping saints, and arise from the dead. It is morning, the morning of the first resurre- resurrection. On the morning of that glorious day, the air will be filled with spirits of the dead in Christ. Come back to earth to get their bodies raised and glorified. Whether the cemeteries and country churchyards will look like plowed fields and monuments and grave slabs to be overturned and vaults and places of um, the sepulchre be shattered by the exodus of those who found their last resting place there, and thus testify to the fact of the literally literal body resurrection of the dead or whether the sainted dead shall slip out of their sepulchres without disturbing them as christ arose and left the tomb without breaking the seal the angel rolling away the stone simply to show that the tomb was empty we are not told only the event itself will disclose the matter of the first resurrection if the dead slip out of their places of sepulchre without disturbing them the first resurrection will be secret and probably unknown to the world but it will not be so with the living saints who are translated. If it is n- night on our side of the globe when the rapture occurs the community will wake up in the morning to find all the real Christians gone disappeared in the night. Many may hear the sound of the midnight cry. Behold the bridegroom cometh, but thinking it only thunder will turn over for another nap. But in the morning they will find the bedroom door locked with the key on the inside just as they locked it before, retiring, and the clothes of the loved one who occupied the room with them, lying where they were placed when taken off the night before, but that the loved one was a christian missing husbands will wake up to find that their christian wives are gone and wives will wake up to find christian husbands gone brothers and sisters will be missed and dear children absent and not an infant will be left behind many faithful servants and employees will not report for duty and the world will awake to the fact that the bible is true and much despised doctrine to the premillennial coming of the Lord to gather out his saints is no fanciful interpretation of Scripture. If it be day with us when the rapture occurs, the event will be startling, as it was in the days of Noah. Matthew chapter twenty-four, thirty-six through 39. The people will be Eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage, buying and selling, planting and building. I, if it be at a pleasant time of the year, the boats and cars and parks will be filled with pleasure seekers. If it be in the midst of a week and during business hours of a day, the shops and stores will be filled with shoppers and the mills with toilers and the streets. Of the cities lined with men and women and children on pleasure and business bent suddenly a noise from heaven will be heard like a great peal of thunder the people will rush to the doors and windows and those on the streets and in the fields will look up to see what has happened to the vast majority will be but a startling and alarming sound but to many it will be the voice of the Lord (coughs) <coughs> but when the people recover from their surprise and their frightened condition they will discover that a great many people are missing and that the missing were the best people in the community the large department stores, banking institutions manufacturing plants and other places of business will find their working force depleted by the loss of faithful employees people walking on the street will find their companions gone and the streetcar lines will be blocked because of the absent motormen, conductors and teamsters. Railroad and steamboat lines will be crippled and confusion will reign everywhere. In many homes the servants will be missing and members of the family will come home to find loved ones gone. At first the whole thing will be a mystery until someone who had heard or read about the rapture of the saints, realizing what has happened will explain the situation. But one of the surprises of that day will be that so many professing Christians, and among them many ministers and Christian workers, will be left behind while some who were not known to be Christians will be missing. The next day's paper will be full of what happened the day before, and many of them will be swelled to twice their ordinary size by the pressure on their advertising columns for information as to the missing ones and for help to fill important vacancies and positions of trust. For a few days, the excitement will be intense. Then the people will settle down to the inevitable with the expectation of a few who will repent and turn to God, the mass of people will become more hardened and wicked than before. And some who lost loved ones will be embittered. As the Holy Spirit will have gone back with the raptured ones and the saints, the salt of the earth, been taken out, there will be nothing to prevent a rapid disintegration and moral purification, putrefaction of those who are left and sin and iniquity and all manner of crime and worldliness will increase and pave the way for the manifestation of Antichrist under whose administration the world will rapidly ripen for judgment heavenly father i do give thanks for this opportunity to share these words and lord i just thank you i thank you i thank you for all that you continue to do each and every day in my life my walking my talking my seeing my breathing and i just pray that you just bless these words and the ears that hear them dear heavenly father and to also plant seeds into those that do not know you yet. And I just give you all the praise in your son Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so I've uh, redone this one, so catch the next one, and uh, hopefully we'll catch you on Friday. In the meantime, say hello with a smile. Be blessed.